Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, I tried so hard today. Plus, Biz wears an Ellis suit, Teresa is back again, and we talk to Angela Seifer about digital inclusion. Woo! (laughs) Oh no, you started out with a hysterical laugh. (laughs) Oh no, Biz. Uh, 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 before. <laughs> Welcome to One Bad Mother, a podcast in which we just slowly listen to the mental demise of its hosts. Before we get started, and it's really I a get- documentary <laughs> series, watching the yeah. slow crumbling yeah. of our mental health. That's right. No one's pretending here. <laughs> We are the opposite of a I'm doing great Facebook posts. Yes. What bad mother? The opposite of an I, I'm doing great Facebook post is definitely our new promo. Somebody write that down. All right. Before I get giddy with excitement that I am looking at Teresa's beautiful face over the Zoom, we want to take a minute to do what we have been doing, which is just saying thank you to everybody in existence. I mean, for real, thank you to everybody who is what we call an essential worker. Thank you to everybody who previously might not have been considered an essential worker, but hey, no shit, you're an essential worker. And thank you to everybody, you know, figuring out their personal risk assessment, but remembering that you're taking care of others. Yeah, you guys are doing such a great job, and uh, we really appreciate it. So thank you. You're doing a really good job. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Teresa, God, I miss you. How are you? I miss you too, Biz. (laughs) One of these days, I'm going to drive over to your house and somehow safely give you a bag of glue sticks that will work with your glue gun, but don't work with our glue gun. I and I will wait eagerly for that day to pass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I'm back. um, And as you mentioned last week, I was just really busy with family stuff the past couple of weeks. We continue to have a really hard time with our kids right now, especially one of our kids who's just having a really hard time. And and on top of that, Jesse's dad was going into hospice last week. So Jesse actually drove to San Francisco to help his dad go into hospice, um, which is a really hard thing. So he's back and, you know, things continue forward and I'm really, really glad to be here right now. And I just (laughs) wanted to share a really odd tidbit from my life, (laughs) which is something that happened a few weeks ago, which was that our three-year-old Curtis, who 
has some interesting speech issues. He was trying to ask for his baby doll's pacifier. Okay. But instead, uh, he couldn't remember the word for pacifier. And so what he was saying was, can I have my baby's it'll coronavirus it'll it'll coronavirus he was mixing up ah. the word hmm. coronavirus and the word pacifier is it is somehow it like, is it like the smurfs now is that how we live where every other word is we just replace with coronavirus i guess have a coronavirus day papa coronavirus that must be what it's like for him somehow um so interesting receptive language development there with curtis that's interesting did you immediately wipe that baby doll down (laughs) (laughs) yeah Anyway, That's I don't cool. have a lot more than that. I'm That's excited enough. to be here. I'm really happy to see your face, Biz. How are you doing? Well, I'm tired. I was thinking about this the other day that I was like, oh my God, every show, it was kind of, it was kind of funny maybe like before the time, in the time before the COVID, that we would come on and talk about how tired we were as parents. And then now I was like, is this a fun show? Is it okay if like, because, you know, we believe in being as honest as possible and not being like, I'm great. Because that's, yeah. that is not true. I'm totally like, fine sometimes. And yeah. other times I'm not. Uh, so I don't know. You guys will be the judge of if this show is still amusing or super depressing. That said, I'm fucking tired. Um, <laughs> just blurry-eyed tired. And I do you remember we had that question, did you ever think you could get more tired a couple weeks back? Yeah. Well, uh, let's replace tired with Ellis. And my question is now, did I ever think Ellis could try and be on me physically more than previously? The answer is yes, he can be. I'm not even sure sometimes he realizes that he's just like two hand gripping my arm or leg. And it's like, like this weekend, at the beginning of this, the weekend, Stephanie could kind of like, you know, suggest we'll build Legos or we'll do something and he would go do it. But now we've totally stepped away from that. Now he doesn't want to do anything with Stefan at all. And Stefan's trying. This is <laughs> He's doing a good job, really trying. But it's like it's his school learning. He just was sitting on me the entire yeah. time. Yeah. If I want to go get in the shower every more every morning, the routine is exact. We have breakfast, then I go get in the shower. This is an issue every morning, right? I'm going to go yeah. on a walk. It's an issue. And yeah. guys, I am so aware of like many of the causes of this, right? Like I, you know, it's the old, yeah, 
yeah, we're regressing. We're home. We're not yeah. having the opportunities to push these boundaries. There's fear there because yeah. of he's the uncertainty. He's scared and you're scared. his safety person. Yeah. Right. And I, I was always the the regulator, the emotional yeah. regulator instead of a pacifier. But from this purely selfish perspective, I'd worked so hard over these past couple of years and we'd gotten to such a good place of separation yeah. and boundaries and limits. And not only do they feel all gone, they feel like deeper. Like like they didn't just they didn't just go outside <laughs> like all of those boundaries that I don't have anymore. They went outside and then buried themselves six feet deep. Like that's like where it feels I've got to get them back. And that's, I mean, that's it. I have no real solutions. It's just the way it is in our house right now, among many other things that are happening in our house. It makes it very difficult to get through uh, the day as a self or as a parent, (laughs) which may or may not tie in nicely to what we're going to talk about today, which is I tried so hard today. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) Teresa... We had a rant recently, and one of the things this mom having a breakdown said that stood out more than anything else to me was when she said, I tried so hard today. And that, like, that just got me in my core. And I thought, this is... Yeah, this is, let's talk about that. Yes. Because it's not about, I tried so hard over the course of this week or the course of this year. There's no long game involved in a statement like that. Yeah. I tried so hard today. Yeah. And I think about like all the things are, take it day by day. Every little day is its own day, right? Like all these things. And yet, and yet. (laughs) You're like looking up to the heavens for answers right now. I'm looking at, I'm looking up to the heavens because I, I, I'm trying so hard just to even come up with words today. Uh Uh-huh. Where does that leave you? Like how does, I tried so hard today. What does that bring up for you? I mean, it's a lot of different things. I think the I think the biggest like root of this is sort of how we like are trained from a young age to see results of our hard work in a, like more quickly. Yeah. So like especially, you know, as kids going to school, you know, you practice and you learn something and you do your work and you get a good grade. You, you know, you listen and you pay attention and then you get your homework done and then you're done and you get free time. 
Yeah. Um, or you want to learn to ride a bike and you work really, you decide to do it and you work really hard <laughs> and then you do it and then yay, you're riding a bike. <laughs> it takes some getting used to in parenting that parenting is not remotely like that. Like parenting mm. just isn't like that. Like, well, let me put it this way. It's not that way for me. <laughs> <laughs> because I definitely like I've definitely heard people say like, yeah, you just you give it your all. And then when they turn 18, you find out if you did a good oh, job yeah. or not. Like <laughs> not that one. like <laughs> that that idea of like you just try and then see if you did good. Right. So that's not that's not my experience. But but I think on a day to day basis, like. Because we can, because it's so hard to think about the end game or like who our kids are going to be or like all that stuff, it actually makes a lot more sense to just focus on this is what I can do now. I can be here and now. I can be positive today. I can come up with a plan for like what's in my control to like do well today. And like the weird thing is about parenting is that even if we show up like that mm -hmm. and we do a good job we may not feel that reflected back at us in that way that day. Yes. Like it doesn't, it's not a, we're not going to just, because we're ready to be present and have <laughs> plans and be friendly with people yeah. and helpful, like because, just because we're ready to do that and we're offering that, we don't necessarily get that back today. No, and that's, that's so it's so much. It's so hard and it's so much energy. Yes. You said two things that made me go. One was the control, right? Like there's very little we have that we can control. So, you know, let's, I know I can take care of this one day. What that and that's a message I think that's given to us a lot, right? Yeah. But what's not included in that message is that whoever else is involved in your day, you have no control over. But then go back to the earlier thing you were saying about sort of how we're raised with result-oriented motivation. Yeah. We are told as parents by advertising and movies and magazines and blog posts and articles and blah, blah, blah and Facebook posts that we are going to see those results right away, right? That if we make yeah. slime with our children, it's going to be a great time. This right. is a memory it's maker. It's going to be so fun. Yeah. It's going to be fun. They're yeah. going to be patient. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it is? 90% of the garbage <laughs> that you're supposed to like make with your kid, like science projects or any of these fucking projects. Do you know what children want? They want it right then. They want the moment yeah. you say slime to have you pour slime in their hands. They yeah. don't really want to. Not all. Somebody does. My children yeah. do not want to wait and mix and then wait another five minutes or stir. How about or clearing a space, gathering oh. materials? Yeah. They like absolutely, all of that stuff. Yeah. Again. And the cleaning it up. How about cleaning it up? Yeah. Where hey, guys, let's make a list of what we yeah. need. Let's. Nope. No. No. Why don't, how about you just tell me when it's. Just actually, I don't really like done. this. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that. <laughs> and that's the punch in the teeth that like really 
leaves you with that feeling of, I tried so hard today. I'm supposed to have beautiful pictures of my success to post on Instagram, right? Like, (laughs) they look like they're having so much fun in Parent Magazine. But even if you're not like, but even if you're someone who is not fixated on that, like external, like what it looks like, we want to feel that our efforts were for something good. Like, yeah, all of that was worth it. Yeah. But it's and it's not just the activities now that I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about like the emotional, like. I tried yeah. so hard today. You know what? Yes. I know that my children are stressed out. I am going to try so hard today to to be really sensitive to how I treat them, to be respectful, to talk to them like I want to be talked to, yes. to like make sure their environment is one in which, it, even if it's selfish, even if it's like, if I don't do A, B, and C, then they're yeah. not going to do D back at me, right? Yeah. Like, I'm going to... Yeah. I, I, I Like, even when you... Do the emotional slime, <laughs> the right. emotional slime setup. Yeah. yeah, they they still might say, "I don't want to do that," right? Or, like it, yeah. Or the, or it just doesn't. It's just like one day just doesn't have the impact because they're just no. in a bad mood that day or something. But also, this works for almost anything we yeah. put our energy into with our kids. So, like anytime there's a problem, and we decide, I know how I can fix this, and we <laughs> devote time and energy, yeah. or just we raise our expectations like this is going to be genius this is yeah. gonna this is gonna be really cool oh Game man changer. wait till you Game see changer. this yeah this is gonna be so good <laughs> and the letdown mm-hmm. of it either failing horribly or almost equally as bad is it just isn't quite the thing yeah. or that's not quite what the problem was or it worked for a day, but after that, that was the only time it worked. It never yeah. worked again. Like, trying is so hard. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. trying, <laughs> trying is so hard. Like, I, the last few days here, I feel like I'm so entrenched in the most baseline, I'm not going to scream. Mm-hmm. And people will stay safe. Yeah. Like, literally, (laughs) I'm not going to scream. Like, literally, that's my bar. That's a great bar. I know you're not trying to be funny. I think that is a fucking great bar. Okay. I mean it. I know I really am like. But that's the only way that, and it's a lot of work, honestly, to do those things right now. Other times in my life, those things would not be as hard. But right now, they just are because of what's going on with people in our house. But the only way for me to not have this emotional crash from all the trying is really to keep it at the literal bare bones minimum of what can be done in a day. Mm -hmm. So I just know that me trying to come up with a cool activity... (laughs) Or trying to, you know, trying yeah. to, trying to fix something big is just not, it's not in the cards right now. Like, I want to explain my reaction to your two okay. baseline things, uh, not screaming, not yelling at them or yelling in general yeah. uh, and keeping them safe. Those 
are so hard. Yeah. I mean, that's like, I think, I think I want to just acknowledge that I tried so hard today. And this is, I think what you were saying is that it's not about the projects. It's about the emotional, like, exhaustion that comes from what should be a simple task, right? I mean, like, again, even under the best of circumstances, we've spent six years under the best of circumstances struggling. And now we're in a situation where we do not have the resources that would have been helpful to us, a grandparent, a trip, a park, a playground, right? Like these things that friends, (laughs) friends, <laughs> friends, yeah, physically seeing friends. Yeah. Those things aren't here. And so even something like keeping them safe is that's like deeply exhausting. Yeah. Right. Like that it's deeply exhausting. And yeah. I think, I think about that mom who called and I think about her, Talking about like just the day of activities she had had planned. Everything she did. Everything she did. And kids are yelling at her and all that. But what we're not acknowledging is the tired we just talked about. It's, you know, all the like slimes and all the like, we're going to do the Zoom class on learning this way today. And like, (laughs) like, yeah. And they're going to kick me in the knee when I give them, you know, this is, I'm going to go play badminton for hours. Yeah. Ready to be that mom, right? Yeah. <laughs> that is like I don't I don't even want to use a cake metaphor because that's too good for what this is. It's yeah. it's like such a thin skin around what we're not acknowledging, mm-hmm. which is this deeper trying hard. Yes. Yeah, and how depleted we are yeah. going into it. And I think what what you're saying there reminds me of the part of this that we're not talking about, which is how natural and intense the desire for things to be good and fun is. Like, yeah. why is that so wrong? <laughs> like, right, yeah. the whole, all of this <laughs> is literally coming out of us trying to be good parents. Yeah. And have a good time with our kids <laughs> and like have them learn and grow and like yeah. be good people. Like yeah. what's it feels so like it yeah. feels so unfair it's that like those a- desires are like unreasonable somehow. And that yeah. we're being like it feels like we're being like shot down like you wanted too much ladies you (laughs) wanted the world you wanted your cake and eat it too like (laughs) well so i'm gonna go google how to make it even more fun at which point i will be told i'm not trying hard enough i didn't have enough balloons i didn't have enough slime right Right. i didn't have you know i i didn't get up at 4 a.m. Yeah. to make sure that the day was all set up to well, go. Well, did you prepare them for it? Did you talk to like? Did they I want didn't to make slime? Does any of them have preparing. like a tactile aversion? Yeah. Maybe it's not no. comfortable for them. I, I mean, just thought we could have fun. Yeah. But 
we can't. How have, dare you? I know. I believe we've said it before. This is supposed to be <laughs> fun. But you're right. Like, that's the real kick in the pants is that, you know, sure, for some, there's a purely selfish motivation. <laughs> Don't yeah. get me wrong. I yeah. Every once in a while, I enjoy a good, like, you know, look at how great I just did a thing, right? Yeah. But for the most part, we are coming from a place of really just wanting good yes. and fun yeah. for our kids. Yes. And when they yell at us or like scream at us that they don't want to do it or they say this is dumb or they don't they don't want to do like half the shit that needs to be done to do it. Right? Yeah. You're just like fuck. Fuck. Fine. It makes you want to do like Fine. We'll do nothing fun ever again. Yeah. How does that sound? I'll just sit here. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to sit here. <laughs> and should I talk to you like you're talking to me? Would you like that? <laughs> How would that make you feel? Bad. So stop talking to me like that. <laughs> Side note, how do you think you would feel if your kids talked to you the way you just like <laughs> pretended to talk to your oh, kid? Yeah, they don't like it. <laughs> Do you know why? How I know? Because I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Today we were outside. It was raining. It was very exciting, and we ventured out to the curb where the current was very strong, and we took some leaves to race them, and my leaf got stuck. <laughs> His leaf made it all the way to the mm -hmm. end of the block. Very exciting. Let's go back and do it again. Okay. His leaf gets stuck. Mine makes, starts going. He steps into the curb and begins to stomp repeatedly on my leaf. Yeah. How do you think that made me feel? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, that's not, yeah. it's not okay for you to do that. <laughs> right? Like, not even a little. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I mean, <laughs> I think that's also part of the, like, part of this equation is the, like, when they react in a way that is not the reaction you were hoping for, mm -hmm. right? When the outcome is not fun, mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that really hurts. Yeah. Like, it hurts. It hurts. Because yeah. you are trying hard. I'm trying hard. I don't want to yeah. be out here in this rain. I don't want to be yeah. like, I mean, part of me does, yes. But the other part doesn't because I'm tired, yeah. right? Like, right. but I'm yeah. here and I'm trying yeah. to yeah. make this fun. Right. And, this isn't and some even part like of you is like, we'll do a rain walk and that'll yeah. be cool. Yeah. You want to go out like, in the rain instead of saying no, I'll say yes. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. that's not even a plan. I'm trying to make slime. Poor slime is getting the shit end of the stick in this yeah. conversation. But like, yeah. this is just a... We're here. We're in the moment. And right. I'm going to dig. Yeah. And I'm going to try. Yeah. And then even that gets met with something that is unpleasant and hurts yeah. my feelings. Yeah. And it's like, why does being... Oh, get ready. Why does being a parent have to be such a hard fucking job? <laughs>
One Bad Mother is supported in part by Best Fiends. If you're looking for a fun way to pass the time while engaging your brain and enjoying breathtaking visuals and a gripping story, your answer is Best Fiends. Mama needs some alone time, guys. (laughs) And I have been enjoying Best Fiends so much. It's very relaxing, almost meditative uh, to play and just using my hands. The bugs are so cute. It's like the perfect game to play while I'm hiding in the bathroom. It's just a lot of fun. It doesn't need the internet to play. So hello, endless hours on a napping drive while you're parked in a parking lot. (laughs) Say hello to your best fiends. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay, so we're going through something similar with Oscar to what you described going through with Ellis, where he's just, like, way more attached to me than before. He was already really attached. Now he's even more attached. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I haven't done the show for two weeks. And so I haven't been apart from him during the day, like at all. And so today, when it when it was going to be time for me to go do the show and for him to just be not anywhere near me for a couple hours, he was really distressed, like mm. genuinely yeah. distressed. And I was glad that I brought it up in advance. Like I didn't bring it up right at the last minute. I brought it up at a time where we could actually like talk about it. And, you know, he cried a little bit and we talked about it and blah, 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 blah. I expressed some curiosity as to how it's interesting that, you know, months ago, you know, we'd be apart for eight hours in the day sometimes. (laughs) And we were really used to that. And now it does feel like two hours feels like a really long time now. Like, isn't that interesting? And he kind of was willing to go with that. Um, So it softened him a little bit, you know, to think about that. But he wasn't all the way there. And so we still had a few more times of him just basically like clinging to me. Yeah. And then I realized, you know, he's going to be with Jesse taking Curtis for the napping drive. And so he'll be on his iPad. And I said, why don't I record a video of myself on your iPad so that while you're on the napping drive, if you miss me, you can just look at the video of me telling you that I love you and I'll be seeing you really soon. And he was like, yeah, mom, I think I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. And so then he he did the recording of me giving him that nice message. And it was smooth sailing after that. 
So good. that worked. Good job. Thank you. That is a really good job. Thanks. Okay. Some of you may remember a different time before Corona uh, when I was on a little game show called Let's Make a Deal, <laughs> where I won two completely absurd and intense e-bikes. I mean, like these bicycles that are electric, meaning <laughs> you can actually pedal them or you can pedal for like a second and then vroom, 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 you're off with tires that are, I mean, it looks like I'm supposed to be like mountain biking yeah, or like they are, this is like not trail biking, yeah. like mega yeah. trail. I mean, it looks yeah. a little silly to ride them on the street. <laughs> yes. So they have been sitting around. With life as it is right now, our street gets a lot less traffic. And we decided with uh, the help of my folks to get the kids their own bicycles. Because we have not had bicycles for them since they were very little. And we have all been getting on bicycles. Fun fact. I did not exactly remember how to ride a bicycle. Second fun fact, 46-year-old women falling off of their bikes into the neighbor's <laughs> front yard is Aww. is something. But like the thing is is that the kids in particular are really enjoying it and Katie Bell who has been struggling a little bit being home all the time has she in 5 days she was riding that bike. No training wheels, no nothing. It is a beautiful bike. And she is off. She's off, right? Like it's a real joy for her. And to me, I just was like, look at us. We're all on bikes. That's Um, so good. Good job. Thank you. Hi, One Bad Mother. I'm calling it a genius. And I couldn't be more proud of myself. I have all these leftover breast milk bags from when I was breastfeeding and freezing. And sometimes if I open a bottle of red wine and I don't like it that much, I freeze it to cook with later. And I had nothing to put it in the freezer. I put it in breast milk bags. It's made for liquid anyway. I feel like a fucking genius. Have a good day. Yeah. Uh, You're so good. Okay. (laughs) I'm in. I'm in too. I am in. That is a genius way to store cooking wine. Like, hey, I love this because she was like, that wine tasted like shit. I didn't just yeah. pour it down the drain. You saved yeah. it for cooking, which yeah. is so good. So smart. And d- d- ah, you could put so much wine in your fridge like that. I know. Just ounces and ounces. Ounces and ounces of it. <laughs> <laughs> you are genius. Failures. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Okay, so this is a little bit of a sad fail. I won't go on and on about it. I just, I feel like I am failing Curtis, our three-year-old, in this time. Like, I just, I mean, he's he's doing okay, but there's like... You know, he has these like speech issues and we're still doing the speech therapy by Zoom, but that like isn't really enough. And so I don't know if he's regressed, but he definitely hasn't made any progress in the last couple months. And he's like, he's such a sweet kid, but he's like, 
I can tell that he does not have remotely, I mean, none of them do have the outlet, the outlet for their energy that they need. Like we haven't been able to be outside. We haven't really even been able to play outside in our own backyard just because of stuff that's going on with one of Curtis's siblings. And he like has been throwing toys in the house, like throwing toys at people just like so impulsively and we haven't been able to get him to stop doing that. And it's really hard to see him do it because I I know that I don't know that I am why he's doing that. But like every time he does it, I feel like it's my fault that he's doing that and that he wouldn't be doing that if circumstances were different. And I just hate it. And I, it feels, it feels like a fail. Like, and I can't, I can't fix it right now. Like, again, my bar is set at not screaming and keeping everyone safe. So that applies to him too, even though like, you know, we get the emails every week from his Montessori preschool with like suggested activities. (laughs) And like, I can't, I can't do them right now. I don't even look at them anymore. Yeah. So yeah, it sucks. I'm, I'm sorry. I know. I get that. I get that fail. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. So some of you who follow us on Instagram will know that last week I spilled the flour. (laughs) (laughs) Right now, when flour is impossible to find anywhere, I was taking it down and I just, I, I just took it out. And like it just, it was in my hand in its glass container, and then it wasn't in my hand. <laughs> and you know, the fun thing about flour is it does not stay yeah. in a small little spot. It just no. like it goes up like a like a fifth grade science experiment, just straight yeah. in the air. So yeah. there's flour for days they're like all over my pants yeah. all over my body all in cabinets and drawers were open when i spilled it so like what i what i took a picture of was a funny funny picture of the spill but what wasn't shown <laughs> was the drawer full of flour the like you know countertop covered the cat the like it just it also felt like such a like let them eat cake sort of moment because like we've been you know trying to keep up with our flour right because you can't we can't always guarantee that we'll find flour yeah. at our grocery store yeah and so I it felt it felt like spilt milk so yes there you go I am sorry you eh. suck I am a monster this is a fail. Hi, Biz and Teresa. Trying to do something nice for myself during the pandemic. Wanted to paint my nails, keep the nail polish away from the kids in a you know place where they can't really get to it. It's in my bedroom. I was shaking up the bottle, fell out of my hand, mint nail polish all over the hardwood floor, all over my pants, all over my shoes. Now... Instead of taking a nice moment to myself, I'm on my hands and knees scrubbing nail polish off the hardwood floor. 
I don't know if I could use nail polish remover. I'm thinking probably <laughs> not because it'll all mess up the floor. So that's fine. We're all doing a good job. Me, not so much at this exact moment. But at some point today, I'll probably do a good job at something. Thanks for the show. Love you guys. Bye. I, this is like everything. Yeah. This is, it's it's like the flower in that if my children were using the flower, they probably would not have spilled it. Right. right. Like it, like the assumption is that adults are very good at adulting things, like carrying them or opening them, and that children will make a guaranteed mess. And I can see it. I I can see the opening the nail polish, the like, I'm going to have this nice moment, and then it just spilling and it going everywhere. And it's not like flour. You can't vacuum it up. Like it's there, and and it's the extra time. It's like I've just I tried yeah. so hard today to yeah. do X Y Z. I tried so hard today to do something nice for myself, and what happened is I lost that time mm-hmm. because now I had to clean it up. Yeah, this and is why when I get time to myself, I just stand still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is very smart. Thank you. You, madam, on the other hand, are doing a horrible job. Stop trying to do things nice for yourself. When will we learn? You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Storytime Chess at Home, a teach-it-yourself digital lesson book that uses fun, engaging stories with interesting, diverse characters to make chess super accessible for kids as young as three. I grew up with a father who constantly tried to teach me chess. And while I kind of learned how to play chess, (laughs) I always found it sort of boring to learn. Storytime Chess has been a delight for the kids. And what's fun is that each character has its own story. So there are two different kings, and they both have their stories. There are queens with their stories, and their stories tell you how each character moves. So for a limited time, One Bad Mother listeners can get 30% off their first monthly or annual payment by entering the code BADMOTHER at home. .storytimechess.com Make the right move! Head to home.storytimechess.com today and enter coupon code BADMOTHER at checkout. Hey, Teresa. Let's call someone today. This week, we are talking to Angela Seifer, who is the executive director of the National Digital Inclusion Alliance. Angela has been working in the field we now call digital inclusion since 1997. In 2015, Angela helped found the National Digital Inclusion Alliance, a unified voice for home broadband access, 
public broadband access, personal devices, and local technology training and support programs. Welcome, Angela. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Well, never has your work felt more relevant than it does right now. But before we get into that, uh, we'd like to ask you what we always ask our guest, which is who lives in your house? So I answer that question differently today than I would have pre-COVID. Okay. Like many households out there, I have two college kids. So uh, I have one nine-year-old uh, who will be 10 in uh, two weeks. And then I have two college kids. So before it was a household of three, we were slightly empty nesting on the, on the path, but now that's all gone. Yeah. Uh, and so the oldest is homeschooling. I don't know. What are we, what are we calling it now? He's sure. leaving her education because my <laughs> husband and I are working. And sometimes they do it and sometimes they don't. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> and uh, then the other one is super helpful around the house and created a bingo game for us. That was awesome. Nice. We have uh, two pets. We have um, one older dog who's pretty chill. And then we have a smaller, younger monster who's mm. not chill. But thankfully, doggy daycare is considered essential in Ohio. Wow. <laughs> when we were learning that, we were all so grateful. I can't tell you. Wow. But, but your kids are still home. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that in a way that's not okay. Like, just like, wow. Woo. Okay. Well, we got to, I mean, we got to yeah. take the wins. Like at least yeah, I agree. you can get the puppy out of there. Yeah. During the day. Yeah. Wow. My husband is in charge of that. He does the mask. He does the whole thing. He nice. takes the dog to doggy daycare <laughs> five days a week. And it is so essential. That's Incredible. How are you? You're in Ohio. How are you? We're all in different places. It's okay, actually. My world, as you mentioned, um, my popularity is through the roof. So that's oh, yeah, kind of is. weird. Uh, I work more than I have ever probably in my life, but my family is super supportive. The two college kids are learning how to cook. Oh, good. So they might come out of this more skilled than they went in because I do this with you instead yeah. of making dinner. <laughs> <laughs> no, life skills are incredibly important. Exactly. Yeah, but okay, otherwise you're you guys are hanging in there. I feel incredibly fortunate. Yeah. Family is healthy. I live in a household where I have a front porch and a small backyard, so we are outside. So I feel like I have much to be thankful for. Well let's talk about digital inclusion. Tell us a little bit about it. And considering that you've worked in this field since 1997, can you give us a general scope of how much this has changed over the years? Sure. Uh, when I started into this field, which was grad school in Toledo, Ohio, it was more about access to a computer. Yeah. And now it is access to the internet and a computer and digital skills. So it's really that you need all of those things in order to fully participate. So we think of digital equity as the goal. Everybody needs access, communities need access, and they need to know how to use it. And then digital inclusion are the programs that get us to the goal. So those are um, affordable home broadband programs and digital literacy programs and making sure everybody has the right device because a mobile phone is not it. No. 
That's a, that's a really, actually, a really excellent point. I don't think for many of us, until we were suddenly doing all learning online with our kids, you know, the difference, even from staff, even from teachers, you know, where they're trying to use a phone sometimes or, and kids, I have a kindergartner and a 10-year-old going, you know, in fifth grade. And, you know, kindergartners trying to do even the minimum of Zooming using a telephone. I cannot tell you how many times I'm just looking at ceilings. <laughs> it's like, what? It's just faces and noses. And and you can't, you need multiple, you know, the ability to see multiple things. I think that's that's really interesting. And I, and yet part of me is like, that must be a really hard sell when it comes to getting funding and making that. I mean, that seems like a challenge because I would imagine there are people in the world who would say, well, they have a phone, right? That's, that's exactly right. And But I think it's different now because COVID has drawn attention. So now there are school districts buying connectivity for students, buying devices. There are foundations that have never been involved in this work before. I am getting calls from folks I didn't even, organizations I didn't know existed, wanting to know what they can do to help. And so if I'm getting those calls, certainly folks locally are getting those calls too. I know they are. And so the question then is how do we make sure that we're not just solving the issue for the crisis, we need to solve this long-term because really folks, we should have solved it prior to the crisis. This, this entire experience yeah. has been showing us yeah. such a number of things. So many inequities. <laughs> so many inequities. Would you consider these last three months to be the like fastest leap in trying to you know solve this like 97 <laughs> to now if you were looking at a timeline slow maybe a little fast slow and then 20 years crammed into three months is that I mean what has it felt like these last couple of months there is a bill that has been introduced in the house that is suggesting a $50 subsidy on broadband service. It, that is astounding. It is absolutely necessary. But if you had asked me three months ago, do you think we could get a federal broadband subsidy? I'd be like, ah, somebody's been smoking something because yeah. <laughs> that's not going to happen. How and here we are. It is a proposed legislation uh, and it is being discussed like as a legitimate, because it is legitimate. I yeah. don't feel like I have to fight that anymore. I don't have to fight the why. I, that's got to feel good. <laughs> I mean, did you? <laughs> I can tell you, some, sometimes the media still want you to, or sometimes folks who are working on reports still want me to tell them why. Yeah. And I got kind of snippy with somebody recently. And I had to kind of pull myself back because really, come on. Yeah, I, I actually really do. need to tell you why. If, if you would like to just dance around right now and say, ha, 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 I've been telling you so for years. Uh, this is the audience to do that for. We are here for you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, God. Can we also just, I mean, maybe this part is obvious, but I just, since the start of this, um, and being involved in like parent Facebook groups from my kids, you know, schools, I've 
been thinking about the families that don't have access. And I've had, I've had, um, you know, parents that I know from one of my kids' schools posting, like trying to figure out not only how to get a computer, but how to get the school to find out that they need a computer. But then once they have the computer that the school is lending to them, like learning to use the computer and like say they have a kindergartner who pretty much doesn't know how to use that computer. Like you take that situation, which feels like a pretty steep learning curve. And then you compare it to my situation, which is a house that has many devices, more devices than people. And it's and it still took us two weeks, probably to understand how all the apps yeah. worked and to get all the right apps downloaded and find the right login information because, you know, the schools got like the login credentials for us and getting those connected through the Google Classroom and through and 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 figuring out how to do that in a way that didn't feel like I was spending my kids school time just basically like troubleshooting technology <laughs> like that made me feel like the idea of like comparing those two situations like what a what an impossible situation this really is for folks who are starting out from not having access period so let me add to the complications of the scenario you just created is that in the US we know from census data 18 million US households do not have internet at home Yeah, 14 million of those 18 million are urban. That's not a lack of infrastructure problem, right? That is a internet is expensive problem. That problem is solvable. That is the kicker here. This problem is solvable. Even the internet in rural areas, that is a solvable problem. You build the internet out to those areas. The experiences I've had in school uh, with my kids has been, there's also been, even before this, you know, one of the schools we went to wanted to go paperless. And I kept having to go and explain, I have family, I was like a room parent, I have families that don't have a computer, like, like one of the moms, you know, they didn't have email. So she kept like, like email kept, she kept having to change her email because they would get email just for a little while. Another issue, along with having internet access, having access to the technology, is, you know, there are so many students uh, that live in homes where the parents don't speak English as a first language. In Katie Bell's earlier kindergarten, first grade, the school was trying to go paperless, but I kept saying, eh, we have families who don't have uh, computers at home, or they don't have emails. Like they, I mean, plenty of people don't have emails. Yes. So that is connected to the situation of children knowing more about the technology than their parents. So in some households, the child knows enough to get by. In other households, the child doesn't know enough to get by. In those households, often the child is the one who is the interpreter. Mm. So can we expect a child to know how to keep themselves safe online? Oh, no, we can't really. (laughs) And the parents um, are already dealing with the challenge of the language barrier and they needing to keep their children safe and make sure that their child is getting all the support that they need, but they 
rely upon the child for that to be that intermediary in terms of the language. So then you throw the technology in the mix and whew, uh, that's a rough road, right? Yeah, it, it is. How, with all this distance learning happening right now, let's talk about some of the obstacles uh, uh, more and like how, what is the solution? And that's broad. It, there, I mean, like, solve it. Can you solve it? Like, I know that there's no like, blah, but like, there's so much to this. I just, I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to listen to you, a person who has spent most of her life doing this. <laughs> The, there are the different barriers, but once we narrow in on the different barriers, we can then talk about all the solutions. So we tend to think about the barriers as being connecting to the internet, and that needs to be affordable and reliable. Uh, so that tends to be, um, in, ur in urban areas, it tends to be a cost issue, sometimes a digital literacy issue, because why would you pay for something you don't know how to use? That'd be dumb. Right. And then in rural areas, it is those things plus the availability of it. So those are all the barriers that we need to address regarding internet in one's home. And then there's the barrier of the device, tablet, computer. And in this current distance learning situation, that's a device for every child. Oh, maybe you managed one before, now you need more. Okay, that's a problem. And then there's the skills part of it. And that has to do with knowing how to do what it is you need to do to get by, but then also all those issues of safety uh, and being able to conduct the online learning for the child, but then also for the adult being able to do the other things they need to do mm -hmm. because we're supposed to be staying home. Okay, well then online banking. I love online banking, but if you've never done online right. banking, it can look like a scam. Right? So how do you feel safe about online banking and know how to do it if you've never done it before? So the solutions, the solutions, there are solutions for all those things. For the broadband at home, it is building it out to areas that don't have it, changing policies to make that a little bit easier to happen. Subsidies, we have to have a broadband subsidy. I really looked at this a hundred different ways. I don't see any other way around it. Devices, we need to pay for people to have devices. If they don't have a device, that might be corporate donations, it might be philanthropy, it might be government. There's probably all of those things solving it. And then the digital literacy and the tech support, this has to come from someone that's trusted. That might mm -hmm. be somebody at the school, that might be somebody at a library, it might be a nonprofit where folks are speaking the language that you speak to make sure that you can understand what's going on. So, and that has to come from a place of trust. Because if somebody comes up to you and says, look, there's a $10 internet deal, it'll be great. You're going to be like, sure, buddy, right. $10 for internet. But if it comes from a trusted source, because there are, in fact, $10 internet options, but you have to trust the source. This is overwhelming. It is a little overwhelming. It's very overwhelming. I mean, we, we talk about that on the show that, like, you know, trying to argue a insurance bill or just trying to get like any of the things that require work and effort to get set up involve a time commitment that many of us don't have because of hours, 
work, children. I mean, I, I feel like one of the biggest things, and we talked about this last week with our guest, and I feel like this ties in some to what you're talking about is we're talking about returning to work, but we're not talking about children going back to school. And it's, we're going to be relying, even, even though we've got technology in our house, I've started with the realization that we're probably not going back in a normal way next year. Do we have the right technology, right? Like, do we even have uh, the right stuff to meet the needs of what uh, online learning looks like? That was just me on a soapbox yelling. Uh, (laughs) How can, instead of me just yelling into the void, how can we help with this? Yeah. Right. So there's two different levels of help. There's the level of help where you are helping a family in your town, right, to make this happen. And that, and I, and I, even that I suggest is not just finding an extra computer in your house, which is a great thing to do, but pushing local leadership. What's the local government doing? They have to be doing something. If they're not, they should be pushed to do something. What's the school district doing? What's the library doing? What are the nonprofits doing? What is the um, the different entities in town, right? Who's the, is, are there any local foundations? What's, what are, just keep asking the question, asking the question, asking the question, what are folks doing? Should we be all be doing something together? Yes, of course, is the answer. <laughs> but if somebody doesn't keep asking the question and pull folks together, the solutions will only be a nice person giving a computer to someone else in the family, which is important. But we have to move that up a notch because there, there was funding allocated in different pots in the CARES Act. Ask. Ask, yeah. ask where's the CDBG money going that the city got? Where's the money going that the schools got through the CARES Act? Like ask those questions because some of that should be going to the connectivity, home connectivity and to the devices and for the tech support. But then once we get past that, it's then advocacy at a, at a, at a larger level. It is state government advocacy. It is federal government ag- advocacy asking our elected officials what are you doing to make sure that all of the households, those with kids, the seniors, oh my gosh, we have to make sure seniors have it. They're the ones that are going to die, right? So can we just make sure they all have internet to help them stay at home? Yeah. And somebody has to help them learn how to use it for some of them. Some of them will be cool. Other ones yeah. won't be cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about my own parents who are suddenly having to order groceries, through, you know, an app and they're, they're doing it, but they're not, I mean, they are, they are intelligent people who figured it out. That said that (laughs) we've been on the phone and like, uh, like, are you sure? My 20 year old daughter was talking to the neighbor across the street and she came back over and she said, did you know Paul's still going to the grocery store? They're not having their groceries delivered. Paul is somewhere over 60, yeah. 70, I think. And, and he's like, she's like, we have to teach them how to have their, their groceries <laughs> delivered. Like, because yeah. if you haven't done it before, it can look intimidating. So then you just yeah. don't do it. But yeah, they should be having their groceries delivered. Yeah, I don't even like that process. That process was intimidating to me. Right. So it, and it goes against sometimes a lot of like our inherent... I'll do it. I can do it. 
myself, it feels weird to ask. Well, I am glad that we were not scared to ask you to have, to join us on the show. Your work is has always been incredibly important, and I am glad that when the rest of us were finally catching up, you were there to catch up to. I really, Thank you. I very much appreciate that. Yeah, uh, we see you, and for those of us who didn't see you before, we see you now. We're gonna link everybody up to where they can find out. Uh, more information uh, with the National Digital Inclusion Alliance, how they can support you, how they can help their local communities. Thank you so much for the work that you do. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It was delightful. Absolutely. Hey, Max Funsters, it's Jesse Thorne. This week on my public radio interview show, Bullseye, I'm talking with Tina Fey and Robert Carlock about creating Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, 30 Rock, and also just kind of why they're the best at everything. There was a window of time when we used to go to awards things and pick up our prizes and party with the people from Mad Men. You can find Bullseye at MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. Hi, everybody. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. We're both doctors and... Nope, just me. Okay, well, Sydney's a doctor and I'm a medical enthusiast and we create Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. Every week I dig through the annals of medical history to bring you the wildest, grossest, sometimes dumbest tales of ways we've tried to treat people throughout history. Now, lately we do a lot of modern fake medicine. Because everything's a disaster, but it's slightly less of a disaster every Friday, right here on MaximumFun.org, as we bring you Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. And remember, don't drill a hole in your head. Whoa! National Digital Inclusion Alliance. This is, this is so important, and I... <laughs> Really, I really do hope that Angela has danced around several times in front of her partner and her family and just yelled, I told you, I told you. I, do, I would not be gracious enough to not be like, I have been telling you forever, you idiots. Uh, so, I just picture one giant ugh, emoji, ugh, like with yeah. the two lines for eyes and the one line for a mouth. That's what I picture. <laughs> or that that sigh. Yeah. <sighs> like the really like, um, oh, do we? Yeah. Do we need really? it? Really? This mm. is an issue now. We should so go right on it. So it's an issue now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love smart people. So everybody, make sure you check out the links below in the show notes to where you can find out more information about that. Something else you can find lurking about in our links is our hotline number for you to call and leave a rant. Hi, Biz and Teresa. This is a rant. 
And it's not even like an angry rant or an upset rant. It's just a everyone is doing their best and it still fucking sucks rant. I have two kids who were now homeschooling and our district originally was sending out emails every morning by 8 a.m. with all the stuff they wanted you to do for your kid that day or all the homeschool activities, which was fine. Get up in the morning and then dive right in. They realized after a couple of weeks that that didn't work great for a lot of families, especially if people had healthcare workers or anyone, any essential workers still working, because you couldn't prepare at all beforehand, which makes total sense. Getting it at 8 a.m., if you need to be at work at 8 a.m., isn't going to work. You can't prepare for the day. So they changed it so that now they send it out the night before, by like 5 o'clock. The teacher will send out the email for the next day. Now, every part of this makes sense, and I think it was a great choice, and I'm so proud of them for trying something, realizing it wasn't working for everyone, and then making a change. But for me, I've realized that when I would get those emails of all these things I had to make happen during the day, first thing in the morning, with a cup of coffee in my hand, it seemed manageable. It was like, okay, we're going to get started. We're going to cross some things off the list. It's going to be fine. It would eventually go off the rails. But, like, we'd get a couple things done and feel good about it. And now when I'm getting these emails at the end of the day, it's just like <laughs> I've already spent every ounce of everything that I have. And it's just so, like, morally... I don't know. It's just emotionally demoralizing to get this thing of like, hey, guess what? Tomorrow you have a whole new list of things you have to do. <laughs> I'm like, it's not like they should change anything. And I could just not read the email, although I know it's there and I'm going to look at it. It's just like, oh, it's just one of those things where it's like, look, I'm doing my best trying. They're doing an amazing job at the school trying to make this all work. But it still just fucking sucks. I'm like, it's just, oh, my God, I don't even know. But, I I mean, you know, everyone knows. We're all doing it. But it's just, like, getting to me. And I'm thinking about the week ahead, and I'm just, like, gritting myself and, like, cringing, knowing that every day it's just going to keep happening. So, yeah. You guys are doing a great job. We are all trying our best, and it still fucking sucks for everyone. Bye. <laughs> Yeah. But, wow, didn't that tie in nicely? Yeah. We're all trying so hard, and yet it still fucking sucks. Yeah. 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 There's also this thing about when you get something in advance, there's mm -hmm. this more added pressure to prepare to prepare in advance. Like yeah. I feel like if you get the email the night before, you're you get the feeling like, oh, I need to start working on this now, or I'm expected to do that now, or I should prepare in advance, or there's this added layer there. Whereas I feel like if you get it first thing in the morning, there's something like, well, we're just all flying by the seat of our pants. Like, I don't Nobody expects you to actually do this. You just got it right now. Like, you Are know. Are you like, a morning person or a night person? Like, that is what this boils mm, down to, right? right. Like, either yeah. let's, let's just let's get right to the point, which is no matter what time yes. somebody gives you a shitty coffee, it's still going to taste like shit, okay? Right. Like, doesn't matter yeah. if you get it at night or in the morning. Yeah. It is still anxiety-provoking. It is still a list of new things to do 
on top of all the things you are president of already. And it's it's like, you know, like a domino game or Jenga game or something where it's just like, it's just, what's the one thing that's going to be added that just tips the whole thing over? Wait, I'm not ready for it to tip over yet. Ah, right. It's gone. Yeah, this is, and you're so nice. And you know what? I think this is actually, actually would like to imagine that where we all are is where you are in the sense of, I understand everybody is doing their best to meet the needs of many people, which is impossible, right? Yeah. Some of us are morning people. Some of us are night people. You're not going to make everybody yeah. happy all the time, right? And people, but people are trying. <laughs> Sorry. I just, I imagined myself being someone who worked all day as yeah. an essential worker and getting that email yeah. at five no. o'clock. That, oh, thank you for giving this to me ahead of time yeah. so that I can do this right now at the end of my day <laughs> so that it's ready for like I'm sorry I know that I went off but like I'm just it, yes just all of this from every angle is yeah. so sucky yeah that like very little can be done well it's like you came home from being an essential worker at 10 p.m at night you didn't check your you know you're fine you go to bed you still have to get up the next morning and now there's a brand new thing waiting for you because it came in at 8 a.m yeah yeah it doesn't matter it's still hard yes and I, i i do think it's valuable to acknowledge that we all understand Everyone's trying their best, but that doesn't negate you not liking it. I know people are trying their best. I still don't like it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like it at all. Yeah. So you are doing an incredibly good job. Yeah, you are. I mean, on multiple levels, you're doing a good job. Teresa, what did we learn today? I think I learned that I can easily list all the things that I'm trying really hard at and that I'm disappointed when it doesn't work out to how I imagined it. But what I'm not acknowledging is all the stuff that you can't see or that there is no reward for and the exhaustion and the the issues that that causes, right? Like, yeah. We're going to make slime. Oh, you guys all fucking hate it? Great. And now I feel like I feel horrible versus like at night, I'm going to stay up worrying about how to make, you know, this a bearable life for children who need to be with other people, right? (laughs) That I'm not going to see a result of that, but that's taking a huge amount of my energy and time, right? right? So I I tried so hard today. Yeah. And like what? I, I, I don't want it, this to be like a big suck thing of like, I tried so hard, who cares, right? There's yeah. no point in trying. I want to keep trying. I do yeah. want things to be enjoyable for my children. Yeah. I want to have fun doing it too. I want us to all come out of this okay enough. You yes. know what I mean? Like, yes. I don't want to stop trying. Yeah. No, I don't. And I don't think we, we will. I, I think that it's, I think that that's why we're I think that that's why we're in this like yeah even since before 
the pandemic. Like, I think that when you try, that's when it's hard. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, we just, we aren't going to stop trying. We are going to keep trying. And it just is (laughs) so hard. And we'll just try not to spill the fingernail polish all over the comforter. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, uh, everybody, you're doing a remarkable job. Even when it doesn't feel like it, right? Like, I, you are. This is, it's so ongoing. Every place is different. Every situation is different. For some people, summer is tomorrow. For others, it's maybe two more weeks of learning from home. It's balancing work and kids in a way that we never had to bat like it's like next level trying to figure out that balance it's so much and we see it and acknowledge it and we see you and you you really are doing an incredible job yeah you are Teresa it is so nice to see you you are doing, you're doing a remarkable job, and I really see you. Thank you, Biz. You are also doing a very, very good job. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Know that right. We'd like to thank Max Bunn, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.